Hey everybody, Shell Broadnax here with another fabulous episode of Stager Talk. Why? Great question. I'll tell you. Bobby McGrath, welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Shell. I am so excited to be here. It's great to see you, by the way. I am super stoked to see you. And it's just a few days, um, Teresa Khan, and you are going to be talking about building a strong consultation-based business, which I think... Mm -hmm is so important and i think it's i'll tell you why i think it's important and we'll talk about it a little bit but number one sure. when people are first starting out one of the best ways to start out instead of going out and getting a, a home loan or an equity loan or a business loan and spending 100 grand on inventory in a warehouse and a truck mm -hmm. and, and everything start out doing consultations you can That's and right. then you can grow right. from that and then on the flip side mm -hmm. of it if you've been doing it all and you've been doing mm -hmm. those vacants and you've been doing everything and you want to scale back, you can scale back down. So it is a perfect right. entrance and a, a, a you know beginning of an exit or scaling back mm -hmm. a business mm -hmm. model for people. So it, it helps Absolutely. two types of people in different different forms of their business. What say, Bobby? What do you say? Well, you know what? I love that you say that because that's it in a nutshell. But there's also another area, and that are that would be our vacant consultation companies. Because especially with COVID and all of the things that we've been responding to, difficulty in getting uh, inventory in and all those types of things, um, and the fact that uh, costs are going up, yeah. you know what? Sometimes even when you're a company that specializes in vacants, perhaps you could have one or two consultants who do strictly the consultations. And something that I really am looking forward to sharing with everybody at conference is the fact that I'm even going to share with you a vacant consultation business platform. So, you know, it's not just occupied consultations for your foundation, especially as a beginner with the vacant consultations that can help get your foot into that and not be out and doing all of that investment into hoping that you get a job someday. So you can still build both sides of the business, but um, you know me, I'm the occupied side, love it, I'll be speaking on that a lot, but um, consultations can take you everywhere. I mean, cause I did both sides of the business shell. Yeah. I did both sides of the business for 10 years. I actually bought five acres of property to build a big warehouse because I was going to get additional inventory and start renting to other stagers in my area. And I ended up getting bit by a bug. I got sick, long story and all this, but I'm fine now. And during that whole process, I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Cause I was so fixated on doing that and trying to get things happening while I couldn't even think straight that I just thought, hold it, wait a minute. Why did I get into this business? And I got to thinking about it and I thought, you know what? I love working with the occupied. I love working in owner occupied homes. And so I realized there were so many great stagers in my area and I always tell everybody, if you want a great vacant stager in my area, call me, mean it. I will give you to the right stager for your job. But I just got to thinking, you know, wait a minute. Does anybody really pay deep attention to the owner occupied? And I came back with a no. So that's when I went to my first ResaCon. And I remember sitting at the tables. And you guys, when you go to ResaCon, I want to tell you, sit at a different table each time so you can talk yeah. to different staters. That's what I did. Learned a lot. And when everybody was doing introductions, they were talking about, oh, yeah, we do vacants and we do this many a year and all this stuff. I was feeling like such a fraud. And they came around to me and I said, Bobby McGrath, successful staging out of Raleigh, North Carolina. And I just, and they're like, what? And I'm, I just closed down my vacant division and I focus in, I work on the occupied side. And I thought they would all go, you're not a real stager. But I was shocked because what they said to me was, 
oh my God, we dream about that. We dream <laughs> about doing that. <laughs> you know, does it work? And I looked and I thought, well, yes, a yeah. matter of fact, it does. Because even when things were uh, tight during the rough years with the housing collapse and everything back in 2008 9, my occupied consultations were. In fact, my occupied consultation business helped defray the costs and pay for a lot of things with my vacant as I was going through that time frame. Yeah. So when I really started, I put on my businesswoman hat and really started looking at my numbers. I was like, gum. sure, I brought in this much, you know, with vacants and I brought in this much with the consultations, but how much of this did I keep? Right. And when I started looking at how much I kept, I was like, Dang girl, businesswoman, go here, go here. Yep. And for me, I just wasn't about having, you know, a bunch of different employees and doing that. That just wasn't my heart. One of my favorite things was when I met somebody at the front door and they were like, This, you know, come on in. And when I left, they were like, Okay, well, we'll be calling you. We're gonna get on the list just as soon as, yeah, we're gonna get this done. I love that. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna do what I love. And I honestly, I can't help but be honest. I thought I had killed my business because people were still calling me for vacants. And I remember the last vacant I did, I felt so dirty doing it because I thought I shouldn't be doing this, but I did it. And then I, it, everything about it solidified why I wanted to get more into the consultation-based business. And it was the people, whoever I sat with in 2015, thank you. It was because of those conversations. I came back home here to Raleigh, spent a whole year with a, uh, one of my assistants. She went with me to every single consultation, taking notes about how I spoke to the people, how they responded to it, and all these different things. We did a lot of analysis over a whole year before I created my course. So consultations, I'm telling you, I don't care if it's a small town, big city, consultation-based business can really be a strong foundation. And that's what I'm looking forward to sharing with everyone at conference. You know what I, I love? I want to backtrack a little bit for something you just said, is that you, you really decided to follow your passion and what you like to do. And so many people, entrepreneurs, we have a sense that we yeah, have to offer yeah. everything and you, you That's take true. what you're doing and it's, um, it's a, uh, let's, uh, throw it all out there, see what sticks. Mm -hmm. And then people don't <laughs> analyze where's the majority of my business. And then how, what, what am I expending right. in order to get that particular business? And then it's like, mm -hmm. okay, but I get all this business, but I really don't like doing this part of the business and I keep doing <laughs> yeah. it. And then you mm -hmm. just get into this cluster circle. And, yes. um, if you follow your passion and you follow your heart, you're always going to land in the right spot. And you, you know, sometimes it's the mindset and the fear. A lot of times of people saying, am I killing my business when it's like, no, yeah. you're not killing your business. You're trimming, you're pruning your business back. So mm -hmm. you can grow. Ooh, that was exactly. good. I should write that down. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you write that down. <laughs> and another so, thing is a lot of times when we want to do all that stuff, it's because we think we're supposed to that's inside the box thinking. Yeah. And you know what? It's pretty crowded in there. And so I learned a long time ago, it was actually at a sermon at my church, you know, um, the pastor said something like, you know, okay, so everybody puts Christians into this box, you know, get outside that box. There's a lot more room out there. <laughs> and I thought it's time for me to get outside that box. So, you know, it was with fear, trepidation, and not really knowing for sure if it were at work, I did it. And communication with agents that I had been working with through the years and who I was working with as I transitioned and really meeting with them and asking them, what do you really want? What is it that you're expecting from this process? All of those things. 
it, it, it's changed my whole life. Actually, it really has changed my whole life. So um, I just want people to know. And here's another thing. If you happen to be a brand new stager, I want to encourage you to get the core training like of everything. So you get a nice wide breadth and uh, details about the business. I want to encourage you to do that. But this is what I ask. So let's say you've done that. You have your website. You have all of your pamphlets. You have your business cards. You have all this stuff. You have 10 different services on your website. And I was to wave my magic wand and poof, you had 10 consultations next week. What would you do when you got there? Okay. Also, what if I wave my magic wand and you are the only stager in a room full of 100 agents and they are asking, what do you do? What are you going to say to them? Yeah. And how are you going to say it in such a way that they find that they need you? And here's a little teaser. And I've, I've shared this before. It's kind of my thing now. It's like when someone says and meets me at a networking event and they said, oh, what's your name and what do you do? And I'm, my name is Bobby McGrath. I'm a home stager. I never, ever say that. I say, I'm Bobby McGrath. And then you'll have to come to my session to find out the rest of that. Because I've got a way that you are instantly going to know whether or not this person is a connection for you, or if it's just not a fit. If it's not just a fit, still get to know them a bit, but move on to find other people where there's more of a fit. So there's, there's ways to speak about your business so that people will see you as competent and confident and not you know, afraid. And there's something else here. I also do coaching, you know, Shell. And so yeah. here's one of the things I hear time and time and time again. You know, I just, I, I can't do that because, you know, I just, I don't feel nice doing that. And so I'm going to beat this into everybody I know. In business, it is so much more important to be respected than to be liked. Yes. To be liked, they're going to talk you down on your price. To be liked, they're going to do all these things. And when something new comes along, they're going to go try that. But when they respect you and they see what it is that you do for their business that allows them to be a success, that's when they respect you. And that's when, hey, over time, they may get to like you, but it's the respect that will build your business. So those are things I'll be talking about during the conference. Can't help myself. It's because I have such a heart for our industry. And if you're new, I want you to be able to go out there and even listen, if all you provide is an occupied consultation, I want it to be so good that when people meet you and they go through that process, they want more from you. Yes. And I'll be talking at conference too about what does that more, what could it possibly look like? And hmm, when should you potentially start adding inventory to you or not? All right. So I have a passion for this and I'm all about this. And I'm just thrilled that you asked me to come today, Shell, so I can talk about it. Well, absolutely. You know, another thing you just said that I loved is moving on. People don't move on quick enough. They just don't. They keep the biggest thing that I do when in my career counseling with people that I give is that they're beating their head against the wall with the same agent. I can't get them to get it. And I'm like, yes. lick them like a booger and move on. Why are you waiting for it? Hey. Just get on with it. Go to, it's a numbers game. And real yes. estate agents, they're a dime a dozen. There are so many of them. Go find one who's like-minded and hook up with them and then go find another one because you really only need five to 10 really great clients. You don't want right. to do onesies well, and twosies for people. You want a relationship. So that is so incredibly true. In fact, um, 
What I'm really excited about is uh, 2019 Agent of the Year, Lee Goldstein. I work with yes. him. The 2021 Agent of the Year, Sonia May. I work with her. And then this year, one of the finalists is Judy Margulies, and she is one of the agents I work with in here. And I will tell you what, all three of them use me differently. All three of them utilize my consultation as the, the stepping stone in their listing presentations and the thing that helps differentiate themselves within the market. And it's like, it's those relationships. You know what? All I need, I would say five like them. I am telling you what, and it's, it's a collaboration that does nothing but elevate everybody. So, yeah. um, I, I, yeah, so yeah, I know that I could talk about this all the time. I really yeah. do. I have such a heart. I'd want, I want, you know, and the thing is not all agents are going to stay in the business forever. Right. And so it's like, if I meet an agent and I introduce myself the way that I do, and there's no connection, you know, I'll still kind of listen to who they are because I expect one of my agents to someday be across the listing table or the, the closing table from them. Um, and I want to be able to say to my agent, oh, I met so-and-so tell him I said, hi. Right. But the thing is, it's wonderful. If you can know at in a, just a quick thing, it saves their time. It saves your time and you can move on. So, you know, it's like, do you remember the girl in high school? Can we talk? Do you remember there was like, always seemed, at least to me, there was this one girl and it seemed like the more she didn't pay attention to the boys, the more they wanted to date her. <laughs> right. And so that's why I always tell people you've got business. Exactly. Yeah. Intriguing. Be the like the El Chupa Cabra or the Sasquatch. <laughs> this is the thing. When you That's were right. dating, this is what I tell people. When you're dating and you like that one person and they couldn't give you yeah. the time of day, that's the one you had to have. Had to have them. Had to have it's them. True. You, you weren't going to take true. another breath until you could date that person. And when yeah, people present so themselves for business and they come off thirsty that way, um, it yes. just doesn't, it doesn't work doesn't work. So you've got to be a little bit elusive. I'm in agreement with you as well. You know, when you are at um, networking events and Mm -hmm. everybody's always hooked into this elevator speech. Yes. And (laughs) do it. I mean, one line, I guess it's all right. I'm not going to knock them for people that are using them. It's not something I would do. And because I, at networking events, when I was growing my business, getting into this industry, it was, you know, Hey, I'm Shell Broadnax. Um, at the time, I would say I help real estate when I was trying to get business from real estate agents. I help real estate sure. agents um, uh, connect with stagers so they look like rock stars when they sell, you know, homes for their clients, whatever it was. But then I shut mm-hmm, up and mm-hmm. I didn't pitch them my service. I can I go to lunch? Can oh, I try right. dinner? You know, I'll take yeah. it to the Applebee's. Can <laughs> yeah. we go to Starbucks? Yeah. Tim Hortons, wherever. Just don't do it. It's just ask them another question, get to know them and everybody at the table, Mm -hmm. get to know them a little bit, because when you're more elusive, you become intriguing and then people want to know more Mm -hmm. and then you can drop little hints. And eventually what ends up happening over a few months is there's going to be an agent at one of these meetings that is going to have a problem Mm -hmm. listing. They're going to tell two friends and it's going to get back and say, what's that person's name that keeps coming here? What's that blonde girl's name? She comes She's mm-hmm. been coming for six months. Uh, Bobby, Bobby, there she is over there. Mm-hmm. Go talk to her. That's the way it rolls out. There you out. go. You know, and here's another networking tip because I actually do a class on networking. How to own the room is what I call it. And so one of the things is when you get there, find the person who nobody's talking to. 
Yes. Go over there, introduce yourself to them. What I say is I'll say, um, um, excuse me, I'll say, um, hi, I'm, I'm Bobby McGrath. I said, I don't know anybody here. Do you? And they'll say, well, no, or I got an odd couple, or I'm here with my husband, I'm here with my wife, or whatever. And, and I'll go, oh, I said, well, you know, what's your name? And they tell me, and I go, oh, good. I know one person in the room. And so then I'll just chit chat. I'll find out about them. Then you know what I do is I go into, do, 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 do. I go into stealth mode. And what I do is I go, well, let's go find another one like us. Okay. I call it finding us. And so we'll look around. We'll see somebody else that looks like, oh, I would rather be anywhere else but here. We go over, start talking to them. I cannot tell you how many times I've gone to networking events. And you know what I focus in on? Not on connections with me per se, but I start connecting people connect together them? in the room. Yeah. And by the end of the night, I remember I went to this one networking event and the guy, when I signed in, looked me up and down and kind of just ignored me. Well, my children will tell you, there's two things you never do. Don't ever talk down to me. And for God's sake, don't ignore me. So I remember looking at him thinking, hmm, interesting. And so I looked around the room and to be honest, I was the oldest person there. So I thought, hmm, interesting. So I started walking around and I was kind of just looked at, you know, and I was like thinking, huh, by the end of the night, I had connected people and I had all these people, oh, you need to be so-and-so, hey, come over here, Ellie, you know, and I was like connecting people. By the end of the evening, the guy who was running that thing, who had looked me up now and found me wanting, was coming after me, trying to talk to me and I was ignoring him. And then, you know what he did? When he finally got my attention, you know what he did? stood there and started giving me oh my god I wish it was a 60 second elevator pitch I think it was his 10 minute you know I don't <laughs> know <laughs> it was like war and peace I just stood there and I was thinking does he really not have any idea that I'm like not even really listening to him I'm really watching that one hair in his left nostril does he even realize how I'm not there? <laughs> it was so funny and it's like I don't want to be that person at a yeah. networking event you know yeah. It's, so, it's anyway. hard sometimes, but you know, I, I agree. I, I've gone to events, you hit up the wallflowers. Like you said, I've walked up to him and yeah. says, you look as bored as I do. <laughs> Can I sit with yeah. you? And just, yeah. Being humans. This is what I find. So many people get wrapped into, let's do a script. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's like, how about yeah. we just be authentic? That's just right. be real. Yeah. Because ultimately, yeah. listen, I can't hide my realness. If I tried, I just try to tone <laughs> it down from time to time. As you know, you you have known me for 15 years. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle, Bobby. I'm not gonna lie. But there are people that'll appreciate my outgoing forwardness in the world. And the there ones that go. don't don't come around and you just move on and it's okay. That's right. So you gotta find That's your people right. that you are gonna vibe with. And but mm -hmm. being authentic is the only way to find the people that you do vibe with, because if you come in and you're mm -hmm. presenting as something and you're not and you're scripted, those are when the PETA clients are yeah. coming. You will attract a PETA client. And then you're wondering, why am I attracting these PETAs? So true. Because you're not being yourself. So it's That's just right. like, you know, That's when you put right. your prices on your website, my dad tells mm -hmm. me this story. He sold insurance when I was mm -hmm. a wee chip taught. And he's told me this story. He goes, you know, Michelle. Nobody else can call me Michelle. He calls me Michelle. You know, Michelle, okay. <laughs> I used to sell, you know, $10,000 policies and I do all this work and I'm grinding. And then I thought to myself, gosh, this is a lot of work. My minimum client's 10,000. What if I raise it to 20? Then all of a sudden people with $20,000 started showing up. Then he raised it to 50, $50,000 people started showing up. Now he doesn't touch yeah. anybody for like under $2 million. It doesn't do insurance yeah. anymore, but he does investments. Mm -hmm. so he doesn't touch any, mm -hmm. you got to have two grand to bring to the table to play with Michael Broadbacks. Yeah. And yeah. it's just one of those things that you attract 
what you're putting out there. So if you're putting out there something that that's inauthentic, right. you're all those pitas are attracted to something mm-hmm. that you're not. And it's like this, You'll, it'll just never work. It's really true. And so, so it's funny. I know we're kind of going on up on a wild tangent here, but it's really not a wild tangent. Not it's understanding all- how to, yeah, how to communicate with people. Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say this to you and you guys listen, because I'm sincere in this. If you don't like people, then maybe consultations shouldn't be on your list. Okay. Now, if you have a company, find somebody who likes people, who's good with reading people and is a good communicator. Those are like key because if you're afraid to talk to people, if you don't really like people, and if you cannot handle pushback or uncertainty from the clients, consultations, don't do them because you will not do them well. They will not be well-received and you'll be wondering why people aren't following through with your fantastic information. And it's because you need to understand those things. You need to understand timing. You need to understand you know, when, uh, how to speak to people and when they push back, understand. When someone during a consultation is arguing with you, don't be upset. Guess what? It means they're still involved. They're questioning. They're not just going to ignore you. They're questioning. They're in. They're just like, convince me. Yeah. So, you know, be confident and competent enough to be able, I, I actually invite pushback. When I meet them at the front door and they're for the consultation, I'll do that. But it's so imperative that you just learn to be in your own skin. And look, like when I'm doing trainings and things, I tell people, I don't want you to be a mini Bobby. That's not it. Right. I want you to be a fabulous you. Here's the, here's the framework. So the framework that I'll be sharing at conference is really to look at, um, you know, how to consider consultations because they shouldn't be the least expensive thing on your list and kind of a a quick in and out. I mean, this is an opportunity to build not only relationship with the individual client, but to build relationship with these agents. And you know what? When the agents do well, they will, the good agents, actually, they don't have a qualm of sharing your information. In fact, they brag about the fact that they use you. And another yeah. thing is just because you're used, a client, an agent uses you all the time, you don't reduce your fees to them. You yes. don't. And here's my theory right here. It's because this, look, you're in business to make money. It's not a charity, unless it is. If it's a charity, we'll have a different talk. But if you're right. in a business to make money, the thing is you need to put a value. And if you're constantly, if you say your consultation, let's say it's $1,000. I would love that. But let's say you say your consultation is $1,000, but you go, oh, but for you, I'll do it for 500. Okay. Well, now they're going to tell everybody, oh, she says a thousand, but she'll do it for 500. I bet if you push, she'll go down even further. When you do that and you're wishy-washy, people don't respect that. Remember, you always better be respected than liked. But when it gets to all of those numbers, when you're looking at that, instead, what I will do is I make myself available to my core agents, hours that I'm not available to the general public. Um, I will book outside my regular hours for those particular agents. And the thing I love too, is that, you know what, from time to time, I will give them an additional hour or I'll, I'll do something like that for them. I will give them additional time, but I will not give them my money. Yes. So I just want you to think about this because you know what, they're in business too. And if all they want to do is keep jamming you about your price, about your price, about your price, guess what happens? They're not going to use you in the long run. Ask me how I know. Yeah. In August, I'll be starting my 19th year in the business. And I will tell you what, all the things I'm warning you about, the reason I can speak for it with such passion is I did it. 
Then they're done. Then that. I saw it. School of Hard Knocks. The colors are black and blue, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and they don't respect you when you lower really that price either. No. They don't do it. And, and once you do it, they expect yeah. it over and over and over and over and over. It's true. It's true. And so for the, the agents that I will do, like do a, a third hour on a consultation or something, and I don't do it when they're manipulating me. If they're manipulating, if somebody's trying to manipulate me, you're paying, right? Um, but if it's something that I decide that I want to do, I do it freely. And, but I also put it on my invoice. I'll put down initial two hour consultation, this fee, or see, uh, uh, yeah. And then additional consultation time, I'll put the amount down that it would have been. And then there I will say, uh, you know, that dollar amount has been removed because I always want them to see what it is. So listen, especially if you're new, cause you know, you're gonna tell me, oh, I'll never do anything for free, but you will. You will. So when you do, I still want you to send them an invoice and say, this is the get acquainted consultation. Put down your full fee and that you've taken it full off and then don't do it again. So. Yeah. But okay, so couldn't agree we, more. We, and we, yeah, we could spend the, the a other, long time talking. We can, this is okay. But the other thing with the yeah. consults and people not having the confidence, because I know you you teach people about the confidence. It's just practice. You really just have to do it over and over. It's just like horseback riding. You don't, I didn't get on a horse and go out mm -hmm. and win a state championship my first year. You know, right. I did my mm -hmm. second year, but not the first oh, year. Oh, there you go. I was, I was, I I was I last that. place 12 times. I mean, it was horrific, but I kept coming back and you keep practicing and then you get better with everything right. it is that you do. And I agree too on, on the, the fees I run um, in addition to all this, which mm -hmm. I don't own, of course, but my boarding stables, um, I do, oh. I offer a lot more than most boarding facilities do. Mm -hmm. And I do have fees for like wound care and stuff like that, but I have a one boarder. Mm -hmm. She's an excellent boarder. She's, she's mm -hmm. no trouble. She's awesome. I love her horses. They're mm -hmm. stupid. So they're always broken. And I'm yeah. not going to, you know, if the horse is bleeding, I'm not going to let it bleed. I'm going to fix her and I'm going to put her back right. together. Sure. And I do those things. And she'll ask me what, you know, do you need money for this? How much can I pay you? And I always kind of say, look, <laughs> it only took me 15 minutes. It's not a big deal. And there are certain mm -hmm. things that I will do for extra. There are certain things that I will have to charge sure. for. They all understand it. But even mm -hmm. every time I've said sure. to her, don't sweat it, I get a Venmo with 50 bucks. And it's there like, you go. It's, it's, because it's there's someone you who respects you. Yes. And there's someone who respects you. Because I know with horses too, those are their babies. And so they're giving you a piece of their heart anyway. So that is wonderful. I actually have a uh, stager that whenever I send her... Um, uh, you know, business, she does some vacant staging. I, I, there's just something that I've decided to do with my fellow stagers here is I don't say, okay, you owe me so much for a referral fee. I don't, but every single time, I don't care how small it is. She always sends me something and it's always at least a hundred dollars. And yeah. I mean, when I look at the figure, I think that's, that's really kind of a big amount when you're in the business and everything. And I so appreciate that. And so I just think, you know, it's just showing, um, you know, that she appreciates, which I really appreciate, but um, it's funny. It's this world is one that's really built on relationship. Real estate is built on relationship. Sure. As you look at the agents that stay in business forever and the different brokerages and all of those things, it's all about relationship. And so the big thing is 
Um, this is just the way that I run my business. I do not want people to say, oh, successful staging is the best staging, you know, occupied staging in all of Raleigh. I don't want that. I want them to go, oh, oh, Sonia May, she's one of the best agents there. Lee Goldstein, one of the best agents there. Judy Margulies, one of the best, because I have helped them build their business to such a, uh, to such a place that they continue to have me come back in. Yep. And so um, that for me is what I want. You know, that's, that's what I want. So I like to think of myself as like that secret weapon, you know, like the ninja stager in the background, right? Yeah. So it's, and the thing is, and they are so open-handed, they will let folks know, oh yeah, I work with Bobby. I work with Bobby. So I really, really appreciate that. It's all relationship. And I will tell you what, when you do a great consultation and you meet people where they are, whether it's based on their time frame or the budget, once you've done all that, do you realize what a wonderful, wonderful referral partner you've created? Because if they have no money and you go into the house and you're still able to help them present that house as strong as possible with those parameters, and trust me, there's some challenges. It's like they are so very uh, thoughtful and they, they appreciate it so much. And when they see the results, they actually get more money out of their home. It can sometimes change people's lives. Yeah. And so what's great, they go off. And I will tell you what, there's a woman I um, consulted on like 11 years ago. To this day from another state, she still refers to me. Her friends yeah. will call and say, hey, Cynthia told me to give you a call. And I'm like, oh. It's you awesome know? to get referrals. Yeah. So that, that is what it's about. It's, it's like, if you, you could give the best consultation in the whole world factually, you could be spot on every single thing. But if you don't take into consideration what the needs of that client in this particular time and place and their circumstance, that's what's going to really, you know, kind of hamstring you and your business. Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. I mean, it's been a I while. don't even know what to wear. I know. I don't even know what to wear. So I got to figure out what to wear. And so um, I, I don't know. I don't know. Should I go Vegas girl, you know, or should I do more sophisticated or should I be down home Bronco Bobby? I'm trying to decide. Man, be Bronco Bobby. I, I'm being, you know, adult version of Punky Brewster shell. So it's okay. okay. So. <laughs> I'm doing the culottes well, this year. I've got a lot of culottes going down and some lighter colors. Um, I'm not wearing all black anymore. So we'll see what happens. So culottes are like gauchos from back gauchos, in the day. Gauchos, yes. Right? Culottes, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I remember gauchos. I remember that. I was happening, man. I yeah, love the my 70s gauchos, yeah. had the best gauchos ever. The best. Yeah, yeah. I loved them. Yeah, I, I had a green corduroy set of gauchos with a, a green corduroy vest that vest. had this yellow and green on the vest. And man, when I walked in that thing, I owned the room. At least I did in my 15-year-old mind, right? <laughs> I'd go strutting in. I didn't even know how to strut anything. I, did I have anything to strut? I'm not sure, but oh, I thought I was funny. something in those gauchos. <laughs> well, I'm going to be something so, in mind this week, so we'll see. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, um, I'll, be, I'll be watching to see. You guys, we should all watch and say, hmm, what is Shell wearing today? <laughs> that would be fun. That would be a fun meme. So. That will be fun. Well, now we're at the end of our time. We could yip yap forever, okay. let me tell you. So for everybody, yeah. if you're not clear on what we spoke about today, get to Bobby's <laughs> session and learn about occupied yeah. consultations and how you can grow your business 
um, with that. And um, if you're if you're wanting to scale back and you're wanting to go in that direction, she's going to help you with that too. So Bobby, thank you so much. I cannot wait to see you next week. You bet. I'm excited. It'll All right, me as well. For everybody else, thank you for joining us today. Another episode of Stager Talk. Until next time, happy staging. Bye.